Hi guys, and welcome back to the Jellystone Podcast, the podcast where you're the highest in the room. I'm your host, Babs Heitman, and I'm super hyped you guys are tuning into the podcast. Today's episode is going to be me cross-analyzing my natal chart, which is a fancy way of saying my astrology chart, with my 16 personality test results. Before we get started, I got some feedback from you guys talking about making the podcast more interactive with you guys. I think this is a great idea and I want to say thank you to you guys for taking the time to listen to the podcast and sharing your thoughts with me. To show my appreciation to you guys, I want to give you a tarot card reading. So if you're tuning into the episode today, this message is for you. In case you guys are interested, I am using the Spirit Animal Oracle Cards by Colette Baron reed and the Sacred Self-Care Oracle Cards by Jill Pyle. Just gonna give them a good shuffle. So how I do my readings is with the Spirit Deck, um, I shuffle until three cards fly out. Card one represents what you need to know about the situation for your higher good. Card two is what is your next action to stay in line with your highest intention. And card three is where this could lead or evolve if you remain on this path. So for card one, you guys got the ant spirit, which means to collaborate. So on the card, there's a number one. I don't know if that resonates with anyone. And then there's two red ants parallel from each other and then in between there are three puzzle pieces so one two three so right off the bat spirits telling me that some of you are going through a breakup or a a very difficult time in a relationship with someone some of you feel like your life's a mess right now and you're trying to slowly pick up the pieces then some of you are having a really difficult time at work one of your co-workers are just giving you a really difficult time or just just being a real a real pain in the One thing you all have in common is that you feel very frustrated and antsy. But Spirit is here to remind you that to build your dreams, you need to work with others, you need to accept help, and you need to trust in the most important partnership, which is with Spirit. Spirit also wants you to know the time is now to ask for help, and you will receive it, whether you need help assembling a team, finding a new tribe, or requesting assistance from others who are there for you. Everything is working to support you right now. So for those who are going through that breakup, you have a support team for you, whether it's your friends or your family, like you're going to get through this breakup, I promise you. And those who are trying to amend the relationship, communicate with your partner, tell them how you feel. Don't hold back. If you want this to work, collaborate ideas with your partner of like ways to fix it, like communication, building trust. Like you just have to sit down and have a heart to heart talk with your partner. And for those with the pain in this co-worker, first of all, stay away from that co-worker. Stay away from them. They're bad news. That is not the partner you need to collaborate with. For you individually, you have to trust in spirit. You need to go talk to a supervisor or a co-worker you trust because th- this person's just bad news and just honestly just stay the f- away from them. 
For card two, you guys got the Flamingo Spirit, which is number 26, that represents Embrace the In-Between. This message is for the people who think their life's a mess right now. The Flamingo Spirit wants you to know you need to stop worrying about the past and the future. You need to embrace the in-between, which is the present, which is going on right now. This is where the magic is happening. Life might seem like a mess right now, but things are going to get brighter for you. Like right now, I hear this song. Ooh, child, things are going to get easier. Ooh, child, things are going to get brighter. That's like, that's all spirits like singing in my head right now. I do apologize that I am tone deaf, so <laughs> I'm sorry. But like, spirit wants you to know like, things are going to get better for you. Your creativity is arising within you. Opportunities are beginning to present themselves to you. Remain here in the balanced state of mind, for there is much to know and learn before moving forward with new plans. You can trust this moment and yourself as you take in what you see and become aware of all that you are experiencing in this in-between time. Right now, some of you are being spiritually awakened or you're like your eyes are opening to something you weren't aware of before. So take advantage of this. Some of you are spiritually growing. Your chakras are rising. Your energy is, is just glowing right now. Some of you, something's going to happen September 26. So mark that on your calendar. For your guys' third card, you got the Coyote Spirit, which is number 16, Trust in Divine Detours. Coyote Spirit is directly calling out the people who feel like life is not going their way. This is for the people who are going through a breakup, the people who are having difficulties in a relationship specifically. This message is for you. Spirit's trickster energy is designed to bring you into situations to teach you lessons you have forgotten. Spirit's telling you you need to taste failure before you can taste success. A need to feel disappointment before you can truly appreciate joy, love, and prosperity that is coming for you. These things are coming for you, but in order for to, to receive these things, you need to go through hell before you can reach heaven, guys. You're destined to be successful whether it's in love or your job or just in life. You need to learn these lessons. That's what spirit's telling you. In order to evolve to your higher self, you need to fail. You need to learn from your failure. Coyote spirit is a divine helper. No matter what seems to go astray, things are exactly as they are supposed to be. So you are meant to break up with this person or you're meant to be in a rough spot with this person in order to fix things. I'm really, I'm sorry that I'm coming off as harsh right now. It's not me. I think, I think it's coyote spirit right now. They're very, some of you keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again and, and that's okay, but learn from them. This, this is the time to learn from them. <laughs> he wants you to succeed in life. So listen to him, <laughs> please God, listen to him. So that concludes the three card reading. For your one card reading from the self-care pile, you guys got meditate and the number 35. I don't think it's a coincidence. The ant card, it did mention something about meditating. So spirit wants you to meditate. They want you to find peace. They also want you to release that negative energy or whatever's blocking you from being your higher self. I hope you guys enjoyed that tarot card reading and that it resonated with you. If that's something 
you would like me to incorporate more with the podcast, please let me know. I do enjoy your guys' feedback. Also, for my YouTube audience, I do apologize for the episodes being divided into two parts. Due to YouTube's policy for creators who have under a thousand subscribers, I'm only allowed to upload videos under 15 minutes. I'm also sorry about part two's audio being slightly lower. YouTube has been giving me a lot of issues that I'm working on. Hopefully, (laughs) this upcoming episode doesn't have the same issues. To break down my natal chart, I'm using CoStar, and for my personality type, I took the 16 personality test. I also linked both websites down in the description if you guys are interested. I actually drew inspiration from the H3H3 podcast, After Dark, with the episode Not Talking About Trisha Paytas, where they talked about their 16 personality test results. I also love astrology. Like, if you knew me, you would know I'm that girl, but not in a bad way. I just find it fascinating, the spiritual side of astrology. I don't know how to explain this without sounding kooky, but my mom was telling me the story about my birth and how I was born after the due date. I wasn't considered a post-term birth because I was only less than a week overdue. Anything over two weeks is considered a post-term birth, which leads into a lot of complications at that point where the doctors have to step in. But anyways, my mom describes my birth as a stubborn standstill because she went into labor around 1 a.m. on April 29th and I wasn't born until 6.30 p.m. on the dot. What I'm trying to say is that I believe in the theory of reincarnation and soul contracts. I believe I purposely delayed my own birth because for whatever reason, I was destined to be born on April 29th at 6.30 p.m. on the dot. Like, I chose that date. I chose the time. I chose the place. I chose my family for a specific reason. Call me kooky, but I do think things happen for a reason the same way people come in and out your life for a reason. Since we're on the topic of giving birth, I do think the womb is a gateway slash temple connecting the spirit world with our world. If this is a topic that sparks your interest, I can definitely make a separate episode talking more about how the womb is connected to the universe. I did mention with this podcast that I am going to say anything and everything that comes to mind. This was just one of those moments. Anyways, let's start breaking down my natal chart. Let's first start with my sun sign. According to CoStar, your sun sign determines your ego, identity, and your role in life. Your sun sign is the core of who you are. It's also the sign that everybody knows. For me, my sun sign is in Taurus, which means I am fundamentally stable, deliberate, and practical. Though sometimes I am stubborn, Personally, I feel like this is a pretty vague statement about Taurus Sun, but I don't disagree, except I wouldn't say I'm stubborn, I'm just not gullible or easy manipulated. I feel like I have a good read on people, so I can see through their BS. CoStar also says your essential side takes comfort and pleasure very seriously. You appreciate nice things when they are useful and meaningful. I guess this is why tourists get a bad rep for being lazy. We ain't lazy, we just like being cozy, my dude. 
I also would say I'm kind of materialistic. Not like with like designer clothes or anything like that, but like it comes more to like I'm willing to spend more money for like my hobbies and my passion. Like I'll I'll drop some I'll drop some hundreds for like like a gamer setup or like a podcast setup. I also have like a <laughs> I wrote crab ton, but I meant to say crap ton of art supplies. People appreciate how reliable you are. It's in your seventh house, meaning you feel the need to distinguish yourself from others through close relationships and long-term partnerships. Again, I think this is a pretty vague statement, but I don't disagree. I am very, I am a very loyal friend and lover. I'm a ride or die, baby. The next sign I'm gonna talk about is your ascendant sign or your rising sign. According to CoStar, one's ascendant sign is the mask you present to people. It could be seen in your personal style and how you come off to people when you first meet them. It's basically the first impression you give off to people. Some say it becomes less relevant as you get older. I feel like this is true because the older you get, you no longer have the need or want to be accepted by others that you don't vibe with. You also gain a better sense of self. At least from my personal experiences, I notice my ascendant sign is only relevant when I first meet people, but once they get to know me, more and more of my Taurus sun starts to come out. My ascendant sign is in Libra, meaning I come across as compromising, courteous, and fair-minded, though sometimes passive-aggressive. You seem inclined towards balance in all forms, aesthetics, romantic, and judgment. <laughs> I mean, no arguments there. I 100% agree with that. Personally, I feel like my ascendant sign and my sun sign complement each other because both Libra and Taurus are ruled by Venus. I believe Libra is the more sophisticated and tamer out of the two. Taurus just keeps it real and doesn't sugarcoat anything. So both of them together kind of balance each other out. Moving on to my moon sign. The moon sign rules your emotions, moods, and feelings. This is likely the sign you most think of yourself as, since it reflects your personality when you're alone. Moon is an Aquarius, meaning my emotional self is very intuitive, observative, detached, and rational. I've always considered myself a very intuitive and empathetic person. I definitely feel the energy in the room. I am very observant. I like to sit back and be quiet and feel out my surroundings. I would also say I'm a very level-headed person too. As for being detached, I interpretate that as me not really opening up to people. I trust very few people with my inner thoughts and emotions. I prefer to keep to myself. I also have no problem with cutting people off, especially if they are toxic. You are often in your own world, but are scared of how you truly feel. Mm. I wouldn't say I'm scared of how I truly feel. I just have a lot of anxiety and depression. <laughs> For the most part, that's just because I'm in my head a lot and I don't know if that has to do with my Aquarius moon or am I just a very deep thinker. I also have a difficult time with opening up to people about how I feel. It took like a year and a half for me to discuss certain topics with like my therapist. Just with past experiences and people in my life, I'm just very reluctant of wearing my heart on my sleeve. It is in your fourth house, meaning you find security and safety through your home and family. I'm definitely a homebody. I do enjoy going out from time to time, but for the most part, I'm usually at home by myself and I'm pretty content with that. My next sign is my Mercury sign. Mercury determines how you communicate, talk, think, and process information. 
for the longest time, I don't know if it's because I was typing in the wrong time for my natal chart, but I thought I was an Aries Mercury, but I guess I was wrong. Close, but wrong. My Mercury, in fact, is in Taurus, meaning my intellect is extremely particular and deliberate. I usually stick with ideas that make sense to me once I've thought them through. That makes a lot of sense. Now that I know I'm a Taurus Mercury, it makes a lot of sense because I definitely tend to overthink and analyze decisions before I, I make my final call. And I mean like overthink them to the point where like I'm staying up in the middle of the night thinking about these things. People like to hear what you think because of how practical you are, though you may seem narrow-minded. A lot of people ask me for advice because I'm very level-headed, but I wouldn't say I'm narrow-minded. I'm very optimistic and open to other people's suggestions and ideas. I don't believe there's only one way of thinking. Sometimes other people have a difficult time understanding you. Maybe? I, I think I have good communication skills for the most part. Which makes no sense because that's just contradicting what it said in the beginning saying I have extreme practical and deliberate communication. So if people find it hard to understand what I'm saying, how... I'm confused. Like that that's just a contradiction in itself. I don't get that part. Mercury is the mind planet. It is in your seventh house, meaning you are curious about your incline to analyze your closest relationships and how they affect you. I, I feel like that's accurate. I definitely take note of my closest relationships and how they affect me. But again, that's that's kind of vague. For me personally, I definitely analyze how much energy and effort I put in a relationship versus how much the other person is putting in the relationship. I feel like the same amount of energy I'm putting into the relationship is the same amount of energy I want to get out of the relationship and vice versa. I also analyze actions over words. I feel like actions speak louder than words in a relationship. Speaking of relationships, the next sign we're going to talk about is Venus. Venus determines how and what you love. It indicates how you express affection and the qualities you are attracted to. My Venus is also in Taurus, which is no surprise to me, meaning my romantic side is orientated towards comfort and stability. I feel like most people want a stable relationship with their partner who they feel comfortable with. You move slowly and deliberately at the beginning of the relationship that timidly sometimes comes off as intimidating. With my current relationship right now, we both started off as friends and got to know each other first before we started dating. As for timidly sometimes coming off as intimidating, I'm not quite sure what co-star means by that. You just want something sweet and simple. It's in your seventh house, meaning that for you, love is often expressed in close relationships and long-term partnerships. I agree with that. I want something that is real and that's gonna last. I don't want to play any games. I just want to be love and give love. My next sign is Mars. Mars is the planet of aggression. <laughs> it determines how you assert yourself, take action, and the energy that surrounds you, particularly in your sex life, your ambitions, and when you're angry. 
My Mars is in Virgo, meaning I assert myself in a way that is precise and I push things forward with diligence, intention, and hard work. So when I think of Virgo and Mars, I really think of passive-aggressive for some reason. Personally, I just think Virgo comes off as passive-aggressive and I don't know if it's because I think them as the maiden or the virgin. So I, I think they're just very passive compared to like a Taurus, which is like a bull. So like my ego comes off as aggressive, but my Mars does give me some sort of passive aggressive. So I, for the most part, I'm straight to the point, but it does depend on the situation. Like I'll say what's on my mind for the most part, depending on the person though. I'll speak my mind depending on the person. I, I pick and choose my battles is what I'm trying to say. You're rarely willing to go out on a limb. Your tendencies to be intentional and analytical means you need to know that the situation is right before you act. A hundred percent, I agree with that. I need all the facts before I make any decisions. It's in your 11th house, meaning you put a lot of energy into social status, including platonical and casual friends, along with hopes, wishes, and dreams. That's valid. I only put energy in people I care about and my passions like this podcast. The next sign I'll be discussing is Jupiter, one of the two social planets. Jupiter rules idealism, optimism, and expansion. It's also the philosophical planet. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. My Jupiter is in Aquarius, meaning I grow and find understandings through detached analyst and intellectual pursuits. Why does it have to be so wordy? I think for myself, like I mentioned before, I'm not easily manipulated by others. So I think that's what it's trying to say. I'm not sure. I don't know how to break that down, I guess. Sure. <laughs> it's in your fourth house, meaning you find success through your home and family. I interpretate this as my past experience and my surroundings help me grow into the way I think. The second social planet is Saturn. Saturn rules. Saturn rules. Ooh. Oh. Oh, excuse me. Saturn rules responsibilities, restrictions, limits, boundaries, fear, and self-discipline. My Saturn is in Aries, meaning I struggle with aggression, impatientness, offensiveness, harshness, and conceit. I agree with the aggression, impatientness, defensiveness, and harshness. I don't struggle with pride. I can admit my wrongs. I take great pride in my work and I'm a perfectionist, but I don't think I'm conceited. As for the defensiveness and harshness, I can definitely come off as that. I can take constructive criticism, but when I feel like it's a personal attack, that's when I get defensive. This all depends on a person's tone or demeanor towards me. Like if you're giving me the wrong vibe, the wrong body language, the wrong tone, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get defensive, I'm gonna be harsh. But sometimes my Virgo comes out and I'm like, nah, I'm just gonna walk away, I don't really care about this. It's in your sixth house, meaning that you have difficulties with your day-to-day -day routine, work, and bodily health. I would say the bodily health I do struggle with. I do have insecurities, I have body image issues, I am overweight, and I don't love my body the way I should. As for work, I don't find it hard going to work. Um, money definitely helps me get motivated to go to work, but my day-to-day -day routine 
I try to stick to a schedule, but if it's out of my control, I usually go with the flow. But then there's other days where I have my bum days and I don't feel like doing anything, but that really just comes from like my depression. And it's usually just on my day off or like on a Sunday or something. So it's not like that serious if I just, just do absolutely nothing. <laughs> so the next three signs aren't going to be individual signs. They're gonna be more towards or directed towards our generation or my generation, excuse me. So the next sign I'm going to talk about is Uranus. Uranus stays in each sign for seven years, meaning it rules a generation more than a person. It rules innovation, rebellion, and progress. So my Uranus is, and I, I had to be real careful about saying that, is in Aquarius, meaning other generations are shocked by your generation's unconventionally, intellectually, and detachmentness. I notice I'm getting a lot of detachment in my natal chart. I don't know if that's that's concerning. I don't know. I just detachmentness. It just gives me very like emotionally unavailable, but I'm very emotional. <laughs> I don't get that. It's in your fourth house, meaning for you this manifests in rebellion against dated expectations about the home and family. I feel like our generation has challenged a lot of social norms that were created from previous generations. We have definitely made progress in the right direction with civil rights movements, LGBTQ plus movements, body positivity movements, and normalizing mental health. So high five to us. The next sign I'm going to talk about is Neptune. Neptune stays in each sign for about 14 years, meaning it rules a generation more than a person. It rules dreams, imagination, and unconscious. The unconscious. The unconsciousness. There we go. The unconsciousness. My Neptune is in Capricorn, meaning my entire generation finds inspiration through hard work, responsibility, responsibility, seriousness and ambition it's in my fourth house meaning for me this manifests in my ideals verging on unrealistic and impractical about the home and family personally i feel like our generation is hardworking through our passions and our inspirations rather than previous generations that settled for like a typical nine to five job that pays the bills we tend to make our hobbies and our passions into our jobs instead of our jobs paying for our passions and finally the last sign which is pluto Pluto stays in the sign up to 30 years, meaning it rules a generation more than a person. It rules power, intensity, obsession, and control. Wow, Pluto, you're such a dark planet. <laughs> your Pluto is in Sagittarius, meaning your generation's psyche is comparatively positive, free spirit, curious, optimistic, forward-looking, independent, and confident. It's in your second house, meaning you personally are transforming outdated relationships to money, material, possessions, and security. For the most part, I feel like this is accurate. I feel like our generation is more positive and free-spirited and optimistic about certain matters than previous generations. I'm not too sure about transferring outdated relationships to money. Like, am I selling my exes? I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Anyways, I, I don't get that part. I don't know. Selling, what the hell? Like, what the hell does that even mean? 
I guess to all my exes out there, I I sold out, guys. I just want you to know I I trashed our relationship and I sold out. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Not really though. Like I don't like with past relationships, I've accepted that I've I've loved my exes in the past, but it's in the past and I can't change the future. I only wish them the best of luck and that I get a pretty penny on you guys. <laughs> I know, I'm just so, I'm just so stuck on that. Like, I don't get what that means. Transferring, transforming outdated relationships to money. Like, what does that mean? Am I, am I chasing bread more than I'm chasing, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's fair. I feel like our generation is more bread chasers than, than hopeless romantics. Like, honestly, like, no, what is it? Like, no simp September right now? I kind of got off the rails, but anyways, that concludes my natal chart. Next, we're going to jump into my 16 personality type test results. Like I mentioned before, I did take the 16 personality test. It's about a 10 minute questionnaire with questions like, you often make backup plans for backup plans. Seeing other people cry can usually make you feel like you want to cry too. It's on a question scale, which is most agreeable to the most disagreeable or neutral. So let's begin with type. Your personality type shows what guides you and your attitude and actions in life. For me, my personality type is assertive advocate. Personality code is INFJ-A. And the breakdown of my code is, for my mind, I am 52% introverted and 48% extroverted. I'm mostly introverted. For energy, I am 63% intuitive and 37% observant. I am mostly intuitive. And for nature, I am 63% feeling and 37% thinking. I'm mostly feeling. And for tactics, I am 61% judging and 39% prospecting. I'm mostly judging. And for identity, I am 51% assertive and 49% turbulent. My bad for assuming that you guys, well, some of you guys would know what that meant. I personally don't know what that means. So I'm going to tell you. So the mind is the trait that determines how we interact with our environment. Introverted individuals prefer solitary activities and get exhausted by social interactions. They tend to be quite sensitive to external stimulations such as sight, sound, or smell. They just tend to be sensitive in general. I am 52% introverted, meaning 48% of me is extroverted, meaning I could be potentially a switch. I don't always like ice, like solitary activities. Like I do like hanging out with my friends or going out from time to time, like I said, with my astrology sign. But I do think social interactions do wear me out. Energy represents the trait that shows where we direct our mental energy. Intuitive individuals are very imaginative, open-minded, and curious. They prefer novelty over stability and focus on hidden meanings and future possibilities. Just from my mind and energy traits, I'm already seeing some similarities with my navel chart. Especially with my moon sign, because my moon sign did say I was very intuitive and that I like being in my own world. 
along with my Pluto sign, because it did say we are a positive, free spirit, curious, and optimistic generation. Nature. Nature is the trait that determines how we make decisions and cope with our emotions. I'm 63% feelings, meaning I am mostly feelings. Feeling individuals are sensitive and emotionally expressive. They're mostly empathetic and less competitive than thinking types and focus on social harmony and cooperation. I feel like this resonates a lot with my Pluto sign just because our generation is positive, free-spirited, curious, optimistic, forward-looking, independent, and confident. I feel like that falls along that range. The next trait is tactics. Tactics reflects our approach to work, planning, and decision-making. I'm 61% judging, so I'm mostly judging. Judging individuals are decisive, thorough, and highly organized. They value clarity, predictability, and closure, preferring structures and planning to spontaneity. I feel like this relates to my Mars and Virgo. I rarely am willing to go out on a limb. My tendencies are to be intentional and analytical, meaning I need to know the situation before I act. And finally, my identity. This trait underpins others, showing how confident we are in our abilities and decisions. Absurdive individuals are self-assured, even-tempered, and resistant to stress. They refuse to worry too much and do not push themselves too hard when it comes to achieving their goals. Again, I feel like that relates to my Mars and Virgo, but at the same time, I think it relates to my Sun and Taurus because it is my ego, my identity. I'm fundamentally stable, deliberate, and practical. Though somewhat stubborn, my sensual side does take comfort and pleasure very seriously. So for the most part, my natal chart does line up with my 16 personality test result, which is, I was, I'm kind of surprised just cause like, mm, I feel like CoStar was kind of vague on how they described each sign, but 16 personalities, in my opinion, went into depth. Like there's like 16 pages of just my personality type. Next, I'll be talking about my role. Your role determines your goals, interest, and preferred activities. My role is diplomat. On 16 personalities, there's a lot of information on diplomat, so I'm just only gonna point out the highlights. Diplomats long for connection. They prioritize being kind and generous, and in general, they rather cooperate than compete. I've never been the type to like compete with someone. Unless it's a video game, then I'm really competitive. Other than that, I really just don't care or find the need to prove myself to others by competing. I rather work on a common goal. Empathy seems to come naturally to these personalities. It can almost seem as if their hearts and minds resonate with other people's emotions. Like I said before when I was talking with my natal chart, I do feel like I'm an empath. Like I definitely can feel other people's emotions. I can read a room. Diplomats strive for change. These personality types believe it is possible to create a kinder world and they strive to do so every day. I definitely feel like this resonates with me. I hope before I pass 
past, I can make a positive impact on the world. Even if it's something small, like putting a smile on someone's face, I would be satisfied with that. Diplomats have a higher purpose. These personality types see cool beauty where others see humdrum of daily life. I don't know what a humdrum is, but it doesn't sound, it's, it reminds me of humbug. <laughs> I would say, like, I try to make the best out of every dark situation. I do believe in, like, magic and beauty in the world. Diplomats are creative individuals. These types can be passionately inspired by music, writing, cuisine, theater, or many other creative pursuits. I actually went to school for like art, specifically animation and illustration, so I feel like that definitely resonates with me. These types are led by a sense of higher purpose and care about serving the greater good. As a result, activism, spirituality, healing, and volunteering are common interests for these personality types. I feel like they hit the nail right on the head, definitely with talking about spirituality and healing. Diplomats also have a need to belong. This explains why relationships matter so much to these personality types, and not just any type of relationship, rather real, meaningful bonds. This is very similar to my Venus in Taurus. The romantic side is orientated towards comfort and stability. I long for something sweet and simple. It's in my seventh house, meaning that for me, love is expressed in close relationships and long-term partnerships. Diplomats have such an active life and imagination. Diplomats say they overthink simple tasks, so you can only imagine how much you might overthink major life decisions or their most precious dreams. Definitely, diplomats tend to have deep intuition and senses of what is right for them. This 100% just relates to my moon sign in Aquarius, and my Mars in Virgo. Next, we'll be talking about my strategy. My strategy is confident individual. Confident individuals tend to trust in themselves. They enjoy their own company and don't mind spending time alone to pursue their interests. I feel like this relates to my moon sign and just being in my own world and doing my own thing and being lost in my own thoughts. Over time, this can give these personalities an impressive range of skills and interesting ideas, but these types take pride in their own skills for their own sake and not to impress others. So that kind of relates back to like not being competitive. Confident individuals are motivated by their own inner world rather than the outside expectations. They're opinionated, but they aren't excessively worried about what others think. They person This personality type expresses their thoughts unapologetically. I feel like this has to do with with my Aquarius moon, but also at the same time, my Mars and Virgo because I am assertive with my beliefs and thoughts. In personal relationships, these types tend to be strong and honest. Their loyalty and affection are genuine rather than forced. These personality types only express respect and care if they really feel them. I feel like that has to do a lot with my Venus. No matter how strong their relationship is, these types also value self-reliance. I definitely believe in that. I feel like no matter how much I care about this person, if I lose myself in this relationship, I feel like this relationship no longer serves its purpose. Because at the end of the day, I always am going to put myself first and what makes me happy. And if I'm not being, being my true self in that relationship, this relationship's not going to work because I'm not going to be happy not being myself. Confident individuals know how to find contentment and fulfillment even when they are single. They are in no rush to settle for a partner who is less than a good match. Damn, I'm picky. <laughs> 
confident individuals are least likely to say they believe in soulmates. Now that's where I draw the line because I do believe in soulmates. I also believe in twin flames, but I believe you can have multiple soulmates, like your friends and your lovers can be your soulmates because you're constantly growing and changing. So odds are there are gonna be people coming in and out your life. Some people you may outgrow and some people that may stay and like grow with you. Confident individuals are the most likely to say they don't wanna get married. I'm 50-50 on marriage, or the idea of marriage. I don't think marriage is a big deal in my life. I would like to get married, but it's not going to be the end of the world if I don't get married. That being said, these types often do have interest in romantic connections, so want to find the right person before they become attached. As a conclusion, I do think my natal chart does line up pretty closely with my 16 personality type. I'm just surprised that it only touched base mostly with my moon sign and my Virgo sign and partially my sun sign. I'm really surprised that my rising sign didn't really come up as much but i think it's because co-star even said it becomes less relevant the older you get mask off before i end today's episode i did want to share other advocates you may know the first one is martin luther king jr and i find it interesting because he's a capricorn earth sign babies the second advocate is nelson mandela who is a leo that's not really surprising to me I, it makes sense <laughs> Third advocate is Lady Gaga, and she's Pisces. Oh, that's crazy. My best friend's a Pisces. I'm about to go text you right now. Like, yo, you know you share the same zodiac sign as Lady Gaga? Maybe Lady Gaga might want to be best friends with me. Like, Taurus, Pisces, that energy's chaotic, my dude. The fourth advocate is Morgan Freeman, and he's actually a Gemini. And I'm like, ooh, I don't really vibe with Geminis. Every Gemini I've met, we just don't vibe with. And I really love Morgan Freeman. Well, like him. I don't really love him because I don't know him. And the fifth advocate is a fictional character, and it's Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. I can't find a zodiac sign, so if anyone out there knows his zodiac sign, please let me know. I'm thinking he's a Capricorn. He's just giving me Capricorn energy. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. This concludes the breakdown of my natal chart with my 16 personality type episode. And like always, thank you so much for tuning into the Jellystone podcast, the podcast where you're the highest in the room. I'm your host, Babs Heitman, and I'll see you guys next Saturday. Bye!